Hi. <laughs> How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? How's your week been? Uh, week has been week has been eventful. Um, <laughs> sorry. I shared I shared some of the uh, the the sort of week's events with you already, and that's those you know the, and just aspects of my personal life and whatever that have been weighing pretty heavily on me. But you know whatever we just we just trudge, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, how about you? What's yeah. your what's your week? And uh, you have an exciting week coming up too. Let's hear about that. I do. Okay, so the past week, yeah, it was really good. Um, I had some you know, a, a different kind of day at the barn this week. Um, oh my God. We have to, we have to talk about that. If that's something. Well, that you... we'll, we'll briefly uh, at some point touch on that, I'm sure. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, it was kind of a busy week, like all coming off of that. And then um, I've been prepping because TQ is landing here tonight. Um, he of course lives in the UK and then he's been down in Georgia doing the rapier and pedagogy retreat i think is what it's called um but with uh david and dory koblenz and um uh keith cotter riley and like lots of really cool people down there um so they have a whole pedagogy retreat every year which is amazing mm. and then anyway so then he's coming here because once you get over the pond it's you know you might as well see who you want to see right sure yeah yeah for sure totally so um, um yeah. So that's that's really cool. So that that was happening on the East Coast, and then um, SoCal had a big event on the West Coast, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think there was a big, uh, well, you know, the SoCal Sword. Uh, what is it? Um, I can't remember what the comp the name of the competition is, but I've been seeing stuff yeah. come across my, you know, <laughs> come across my desk. Um, all sorts of people that I either know directly or know indirectly. Uh, had a really good time and and performed really well, or just had like really good cathartic um, social interaction, uh, which I think yeah we forget that you know um, those of those types of events, uh, those types of events were were very sparring or sparing for the last year or two years like um, two years like, yeah. yeah wow so and then there's some other so what else what other events are there coming up right so uh did you see lisa lozito's um she made like a, a, a word document that just enumerated yeah. all of the very so that was so cool um yeah. that she did that and then shared it to the community um she's great uh but yeah so we've got so i myself have stuff coming up in in april i have the texas uh, i have the texas thing and then i have and then i'm taking mike i'm taking some people from my club to go visit Jack Gasman out in Ireland uh, to do some horsemanship. Jack was actually just in SoCal and he was one of the people that oh. performed really well. Yeah, I think he, I, I, you know, all of the, it's all vague booking, but um, I, I know that he won some gold medal in something and I'm pretty sure it's whatever the, uh, the opener advanced longsword uh, invite thing or whatever they have out there. Um, so yeah. he did well, and so that that's cool. So we're gonna we're gonna visit him, in at the end of April, and then, and then that as far as like things that are concrete, that's it for me until like uh, the Myers Symposium or WMAW next year. Uh, what do you have going on? Well, I know for sure uh, coming up 
I have like I have tea here, um, and then I have a couple other intensives people coming, um, and then in May is going to be the Chivalric Fighting Arts Symposium uh, here in Kansas. So that'll be fun. Lots of armored stuff. Um, I'm supposed to go teach an intensive in New York City. Um, and is that the one that got is that the one that got canceled because of your COVID spell? Yeah, yeah, because of you know a plague. Yeah. <laughs> I was My a goodness. carrier for a minute. <laughs> um, I, but yeah, so hopefully I can go do that and, and get that wrapped up. Um, and then maybe I'm teaching some armor in London in June, so we'll see. Oh my God, that'd be so cool. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to get, I'll, I'll get you later and get the details on, on what that's going to entail. Unless, yeah. unless you, you know, you can be forthcoming about what's going on, uh, but you I might want to wait. They're in flux. Like I, sure. I wouldn't have much to tell you other than theoretically it's happening. <laughs> yeah. That's super exciting. Uh, yeah. and then at some point, uh, maybe in the future, uh, maybe in the nearer future, but certainly in the distant future, uh, I'll be joining you at some of these armored gallivants um, because I'll I'll have figured my my kit out. Um, yes. But but yeah, but that'll be that'll be whatever. Um, yeah. So exciting! It's 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 refreshing to see a lot of I've seen a lot of people talk about how relieved they've been that they've been able to get out and commune with people and and, and share the culture that we've created that's been like we've been only engaging with online mostly right, right which we all agree is the worst part of this whole thing <laughs> and like we've yeah. been stuck with only it <laughs> right 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 justin it's so funny because i feel like more and more people are leaving the online space because they've just coming to terms with it you know yeah. um and so just as that's happening right they just they shut everything else down and they're like no this is it this is what you get it's like fate is like <laughs> fate is redirecting our energy it's like no you will be here <laughs> this is where right? you will conduct your community you should you should work on how you do it out here or not <laughs> right right uh, so so that's really exciting do you know do you know what you're going to talk with uh what you're going to work on with with t do you guys have a plan Oh yeah. Well, okay. So it's, it's a little more informal than maybe the last time he came out, um, which that was very uh, armor centric. Um, this time, I really think it's um, at least the way that I'm going to present my write-up on, uh, on the on my Patreon is going to be, um, we're going to peer review our ideas, mm. right? So for like the last two years, as you said, we haven't been able to go anywhere, do anything. Um, and I know I've spent two years revisiting and reinterpreting the Vinden chapter, right? Mm. Um, and specifically that chapter. And I've reached a point that I think I have um, uh, an idea that is new, workable and elegant. Mm. And so like now, I think it's ready to show to somebody who is as or more skilled than myself and see mm -hmm. what their see what their take is, right? Because mm -hmm. um, and and I think maybe this is worth mentioning for the topics we're about to go into, right? I have spent yeah. 
two fucking years workshopping this idea. You've seen it. The Well, you've seen some of it. Actually, it's migrated since the last thing you saw, the last time we talked about it. Sure. Um, some of the patrons have seen some of it, kind of, right? Um, and obviously the people, the, the few people that uh, work with me here have seen it. Um, but oftentimes in our community, I think we have such an urge or an excitement that we will run with our idea before it's ready for prime time. Mm. And then what happens is the idea when received by others is received as though it's a fully formed idea and it isn't yet. Right. And mm. so there becomes this miscommunication and perhaps ideas people have that would become complete because they are presented incomplete. They are shot down and in other ways, um, uh, disencouraged from continuing to explore mm. that idea. Yeah. Does that make sense? That totally makes total sense, right? So um, we have, uh, so humans are social, right? Yeah. And, and so, and, and we need validation, right? Uh, we need validation, right? Oh, um, yeah. And so like, it's a, I think it's uncomfortable given whatever cultural baggage we have, or maybe just given our humanity. Um, I think we're, we're uncomfortable with the, with that fact that we need to be encouraged and nurtured and, and protected from the kind of failure that would be catastrophic, right. To tie it back into what we spoke about last week. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, and, and given a safe place to explore, you know, new ideas and, and I think just managing that, right? So, like, if we know that about ourselves, and uh, yeah, so that's that's actually uh, knowing yourself is 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 kind of what I um, what I'm interested in talking about today. But if we know about ourselves that um, that we have to manage the way that we engage with the community vis-a-vis -vis our ideas, right? To 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 create a a, a place for play, right? Like to create a space of play that we're playing with these ideas and that they're not, uh, we're not sort of, um, we're, we're, we're allowing ourselves to sort of experience the failure. Uh, and so I think that's a, I think it's what you're describing is a pretty healthy way, right? Of like mm -hmm. giving yourself a place to say, Hey, this is, this is what I'm thinking. This is why I think it. And let's, do it a bunch and talk about why it's maybe great or maybe terrible or whatever. And right. And because right. you, because you haven't put it out there because you haven't like tied your name to it, you haven't like, um, uh, people don't have, uh, they're not, people aren't compelled to, to tear it down. Right. 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 So, and yeah. And like, I think, I have so many thoughts on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to derail our, our, our plan, though that is the plan, right? The plan is that mm. our conversation derails the plan. But, <laughs> um, so I think these are, these are topics for the future. I think number one, yes, what you said about play and having a play place 
to play and workshop ideas. Okay, then you need validation. Who do you get that from, right? So if I need a hug, I don't walk to the bar next door and be like, I'm having a really rough day. Can some stranger here give me a hug and make me feel better about my day? You you don't because you're generally <laughs> healthy, right? <laughs> but no, but I mean it's it's funny, but it's actually also terrifying because that's a real thing for a lot of people, right? Like that's yeah, you know, that, yeah. I mean that's right. not the way that's not the way to get the kind of validation that's going to actually fill up your cup, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Instead, you go to a, a trusted source, right? And so like, and so this is the topic for the future, I would want to say is our community has been trash at setting up mentor relationships for people. Mm. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of reasons for that. The primary one is that mentorship goes up, not down. I.e., I don't get to say, James, I want to be your mentor. It doesn't work that way. You have to mm -hmm. come to me and say, Jess, will you be my mentor? Right? Mm -hmm. And so we don't we don't have a script for that in our society. Future topic, future topic. Well, but also tangentially related, right? So like talking about what we yeah. do and don't have scripts for. Right. Yeah. So um so I'm interested, I'm interested in in this so like T's coming and you guys are going to talk about ideas and stuff. And that's going to be super cool. Uh, and, and one of the, you know, the things of value that you're going to get from each other is, is a set is, is sort of the, your, your individual um, levels of various, uh, of various skills and, and abilities and knowledge and, uh, you know, and attributes and, and, and your, and a sense of what it is that, this domain requires for you to excel in right mm. so when we say this domain it's we have to be careful because what, what it even is it right so um is it is it the ability to perform in a particular in you know well in a particular setting i.e socal sword fight or whatever right um or or is it or is it the is it the ability to play well, you know, with people in a, in a, in a less formal uh, competitive context, right? Or, or whatever, right? So, so there's, there's figuring out the domain, right? But then there's also like your experience helps you discern what the particular aspects of your practice are important to develop and where you have deficiencies. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and and so what's going to be cool is that you guys are you are both bringing a set of competencies and a set of deficiencies to to the table. And it's, you know, where there's overlap, that will be a, a good validation, fun validation. But also where there's sort of the um, where there isn't overlap, that'll be areas that you can engage with each other in, in a helpful and meaningful way. Right. right? Yeah. And I mean, and that's part of the reason I'm excited to work it with T uh, because like, I know he has huge strengths in areas that I don't. Mm. Yeah. 
And so like the kinds of critique he's going to be able to give me on the idea are going to be coming from a place I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Right. And so that's, and that's why I wanted to talk about like self-guiding um, practice because there are, there are areas in our practice that we clearly can recognize we have deficiencies in, right? So like aspects of my swordsmanship that I can clearly identify deficiencies in. And just to be clear, like these can be things that I'm pretty, that I'm pretty good at too. Like um, what's cool about like mastering a set of skills, right? Is that there, there is no upper bound, right? You just, you just continue to, to improve, right? You, you continue to, to increase um, your, you know, your abilities and, and your knowledge, your understanding and, and how things connect to each other. And, you know, and sometimes that could be at the most basic sort of elemental level, right? Where it's just like, man, I am, I am just stepping a little too early. I just need to, I just need to pull that foot back for just this moment in time so that I can get this exactly where I want it to be. Right? right. Or it can be in certain sort of some huge meta, you know, level. Right. But like, um, so, uh, so it's an interesting juxtaposition. Anyway, sorry. Um, so, <laughs> so, but those are areas that we, that we can approach because we have this sort of understanding. We have our experience has guided us and taught us and maybe uh, learning from other people, whatever, whatever reason we understand these are the, our, our areas of weakness, which we all have and we can all improve constantly. Yeah. Right. Um, that we can put ourselves on a, on a particular road right. to, to success, right? Like we yeah. can, we can develop um, those skills. We can bring them up in a, in a, in a methodical way. Right. right. And then we can and then sort of when we get to the end of that process or not the end per se, but like the end of that cycle of the process. Right. Then we just go and pick other things and we and we work on them. Right. right. But to bring it back to your point, it doesn't work when those are areas outside of your understanding. Right. Um, outside of your your framework. Framework. So, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And so you need we need to be interacting with people who have who have different things to say or different ways of understanding what we're doing to help us identify what we wouldn't have otherwise regarded as deficiencies. Right. 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 <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And it's so rewarding if you can ride through the part where someone you respect says, I don't know. <laughs> mm. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. That's hard, right. especially if you're excited about your idea. Sure. Right? Sure. You know, and you should be. <laughs> to be clear, you shouldn't be like, you know, shitting on your own idea before you show it to somebody. You should right, right, right. a thousand percent buy it you know, by mm -hmm. the time you're showing it to somebody, but, but yeah, but you also do have to prepare yourself for 
Oh my God. I didn't even, I didn't even know you could do that with a sword. Mm. It didn't even occur to me that like, yeah. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so play, right? Yeah. So that's, that's interesting to, that's interesting to me. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about recently. So I, I coach a lot of things, right? I coach fencing, but I also coach, I coach musicians and I, and I, and I, and I teach my kids, you know, I'm like responsible for guiding people in a lot of different ways. And I think, you know, at, at, at one point in my life, I would have been more, what's the word? Um, apt to directly confront aspects of someone's practice in whatever context, right? Could be, right? Directly confront those aspects, which I felt were deficiencies as such, right? And I've actually, I've actually started to come around on that. Like I'm, I'm almost less interested. So for instance, people show me their ideas about swords all the time. Sure. And sometimes they're great and sometimes they're profound and I learn tremendously from them. And other times I just don't think they're great. Or I think that there are some huge glaring problem spots. Um, But I don't really see it as my role to say at this point, um, I've, I've been less inclined to say like, no, I think that's wrong or whatever, right? Like, I, I don't know, because, because coaching someone is such a, it's such a tricky thing right? Like we have to, we have to. So I think it, it, it takes two things. Um, I think number one, we have to be careful that we, we have to be careful that we don't discourage someone, but then also we have to be open to the idea that we don't understand exactly why their thing is good right and 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 i feel like if you do the second one right and this is and this actually applies to a lot of my interactions outside of swordsmanship more so right like the just just like interactions on social media or whatever right if you do the second one if you say to yourself like i don't know that this person is wrong even if it's something that i fundamentally at the most most visceral place in my being disagree with them profoundly right i don't know that they're wrong and i'm and i should take it on good faith that they're right or at least that there's a potential for them to be right but you know even like and i feel like my my relationships with those people have grown at in a much more meaningful way the yeah. the people that I've approached with that perspective, even if they I've disagreed with them, and also my own perspective has grown immensely from that. Right, right. Because you gave yourself a moment to play with their idea. Yeah. Instead of, ah, well, I think yeah. you and I had a conversation where we said like, we were we were uh, contrasting the idea of coming at someone's idea with curiosity versus coming at their idea with yes. Critique. Yes. Right? Yes. And and this speaks to yeah, we're I mean, we're already recircling back, but like this speaks to everything we're trying to get at here. Um that critique 
can be useful when an idea has reached a place that it's ready for critique. Mm -hmm. um, but critique inherently is not relationship building. Uh, right? Yeah. And also it's not, it's, it's, it's establishing, it's very clearly establishing a hierarchy. Right? Oh yeah. So oh, critique fair. is very, mm -hmm. it's very clearly establishing that somebody has, uh, so that we should pay deference to somebody's level um, of skill, of mastery, whatever. Um, and that we should, you know, we should, be, we should get their, their perspective should hold more weight uh, when we're evaluating or assessing the, the quality of this idea. Right. And, yeah. and there, and there are times when that's appropriate. Uh, and there are times when it's less appropriate. And I think as people who are regarded as experts, um, I think it's important to, I think, uh, you know, it's sort of like the, the old cliche, the old Socrates cliche, right? Like the one thing I do know is that I do know nothing, right? Like yeah, being able well, to real, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if I could tell a very fast story of my experience, like, you know, Christian Tobler very much is my mentor and like he maintains being my mentor despite my, my growth in my knowledge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's there for me in that capacity. And one of the most brilliant things that used to annoy the shit out of me, um, but he had wisdom in this, right? That he did for me and still sometimes does for me is that I would come to him with an idea. Like I'm just fucking brimming with excitement. Oh my God, I think I have this thing figured out. Like, I think it's this, I think it's this. And I would come looking for that validation and he would not critique me. He would very frequently say, that's interesting. Why don't you keep working it? Hmm. Yeah. And, and that was it. That's all I would get. I wouldn't get, he likes it. He hates it. Like, and like, I would keep trying to push and he'd be like, no, I think it's interesting. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. Yeah. Let me know. Call me back in six months. Mm. And you know what would happen in six months? I will have already critiqued and made decisions about my own idea, whether it was worthy or not. Often mm -hmm. it wasn't. Often I figured out what he already knew. He didn't have to tell me. Sure, sure. Right? But sometimes, that, and that's, yeah. right? But sometimes I would come back and say, this one's good. And he'd be like, okay, I'm ready to hear it now. Give it. Mm -hmm. See? So go. Yeah. I think, and, and that's like, I'm, I'm feeling validated by that. Right. Like I I've, that's sort of where I'm at in my, in my journey is that, uh, you're, you're going to figure it out or the person is going to figure it out. Like what are the tools that a person needs to be able to figure themselves out? Right. Yes. Uh, and, and they need like immediately they need love, right? They need respect. Um, they need encouragement to yeah. work through ideas in, 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 in a sort of, I mean, in a, in a self-critical way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but then, and also, and I really believe this, I really, really believe this. I think, and I learned, right. I de developed this in, in my perspective through talking politics with with other people right is that when we talk politics we're so uh everything is so 
uh, oh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So powerful, right? Every, every topic, loaded. every opinion, it's so loaded. It's so, and it's such a, and it's a moral thing, right? Like we have these sort of moral convictions, right? Yeah. And, and so, and so to, to even suggest, to even allow yourself to consider that somebody might have, you know, might have, um, a point, right, is a sort of admission. It's sort of a, a, an admission, a moral admission, right, on our part, right? Yeah. And so, and like, what does that mean? Like, I'm a, I'm a, I could be a bad person or I am a bad, like, and so we're, and so we're scared. We're very scared of like allowing any of that kind of thing into our, uh, into our thoughts. And so, um, but I, I've decided that the only way that I could ever convince someone of a thing, right? Because, and that's, and like, why, why do I want to convince someone of a thing? Well, if it's a moral proposition, right, then I want people to believe what I believe, right? Because that's what morality is, right? Um, if I want to convince someone of a thing, then I have to be able to talk to them as though I agree with them, right? And I can walk you through how I got there, but that's I'm, I'm not going to at, at, in this moment. But I, yeah. I, I believe that if I, you know, I believe that if if I want to convince someone of a thing, they need to believe that I'm on their side. Right, that I'm coming from the same place, that we're seeking the same goal, that we're part of the same family. Right? They need to really be able to have the trust in me that they're willing to listen to my ideas. Right. And yes. and so and but the problem with that is if if my goal is to convince them of the thing, then it's impossible for them to be able to establish that trust with me. Correct. Yeah. Right. And so, and so what, what I've decided is that it's much more important for me to establish that trust with everybody that I, that I, um, uh, you know, involve myself with, right? And that's my primary goal is, to, is that everything that I do is, is oriented towards establishing a trust with them. And then I just leave it to sort of chance whether or not my fraternity with them will lead to growth on their part and on my part right because also when you when you make that your goal then you're allowing for the fact that i mean you have to allow for the fact that maybe you're wrong maybe your morality is skewed yeah right yeah um, well and i mean so this the circles around to something we thought we might touch on um is that I was a lactation consultant and uh, as- I'm pretty sure, so you had to for me, I'm pretty sure that there are people that are gonna be listening to this podcast that are gonna say to themselves, wait. What is that? <laughs> right. um, so so um, uh, a lactation consultant, that particular title is a very specific and um, you have to get certain uh, uh, certifications, right? It's, it's actually a thing. Um, but, uh, what that was or, or what I did with that was, um, I worked with, uh, primarily new moms, helping them 
with any breastfeeding challenges they might be having. And those challenges could range anywhere from being like super medical, like maybe a woman was um, like her body literally doesn't have as many ducts to mm. make milk. Like it could be anything from like that hardcore biological medical to like, how is your relationship with your husband affecting your ability to have a relationship with this baby is uh -huh. your uh mother blah 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 right so just to just to make just to make a, a pithy comment it's it, it's a little frustrating to me that we as a society have chosen the or have associated medical with physiological right because really oh, yeah. really that's like your relationship with your partner is fucking medical man <laughs> like like all of this is right but yeah. I, I and i know you're i know you're there with me but i just i i felt like i had to say that right because that's, right and i so. mean we're just gonna keep coming back around to like we make our realities right yeah um yeah on a physical totally. biological level so yeah um so there's there's all sorts of all sorts of stuff in that okay so uh so that's what a lactation consultant is um, and I, I had uh, those advanced certifications as well as doing um, work with La Leche League, which is a, a volunteer organization, which is less uh, professional. What, what is it called? What is it called? Again? La Leche League, the milk, the milk yeah. league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. I love it so right? much. <laughs> um, so, a part of La Leche League. If you're going to be um, a La Leche League leader, because how many L's can we put in? Um, so if, if you're going to take on that volunteer role, there was a whole bunch of training that went with that. And a big section of it was on what they call communication skills. Mm. Because you are not going to be able to help a new mother do this physical skill if they think you are untrustworthy. So step one has to be establish rapport, establish rapport. And how do you establish rapport through active listening? What is active listening? Right. And so like, it was a, it, it was an intense class. Mm. Um, and the, and the training like took nine months or a year or something like the total training. And it was weekly active training, um, mm. just to be a volunteer. So that has been, I mean, it has shaped my life in so many ways, the skills I got from that training. Um, yeah. and, and so I think this circles around to these ideas of mentorship and these ideas of approaching with curiosity. Um, Gen genuine you know, curiosity, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, right? And so, um, so a, a phrase that might have come from that is, um, Every mother is the expert on her baby, period, full stop. That is yeah. the first thing you need to know. Oh man, God, that speaks to me so deeply. Oh my God. Right. And so if you, as, as, the, per, as the expert, right? Or as the person with more training or more knowledge or more expertise, walk into it going, I know way more than they know, but they are the expert. Right. Right. So given that, how do I help them? Yeah. Right. And so this, this, okay. So this goes back to what you were saying about working with people as a mentor, right? 
you're walking in going, I know more than they know, but they're the expert on their experience. So why don't you tell me what you're experiencing? Uh -huh. And then maybe I have ideas that I could offer that you could choose. Exactly. Exactly. But you're still in charge. Yeah. Right. And, and, and part of that is because they, they're not only are they the expert of their experience, right? I heard recently that the, the word expert is derived from the idea of experience. So that's, yeah. that's interesting. That's cool. Um, Actually, I didn't yeah. realize that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, it might be BS, but yeah. um, it sounds, seems legit. So, <laughs> um, I'll take it as truth. But, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so not only are they, are they the expert of, of their experience, right? But, uh, so hold on. No, I lost my train of thought thinking about expert and experience. Shoot. What was I going to say? You're, oh man. It was so good. It was amazing. Jesse, I swear to God, I was like, nah. um, those are, those are the Oh, best I remember now. I remember it now. Okay. It actually right, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't as good. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, it was that, um, they are the, they established their own parameters for success. Yeah. Right? So, so not only are they the expert yes. of their experience, but they're the sole evaluator of whether or not a thing is good. Right. Right. Exactly. It was not my job to walk in and, and determine this mother's goals for her and her relationship with her baby. Not my job. It was my job to ask, what are your goals for your relationship with your baby? Mm -hmm. You want to nurse them two weeks or two years? Right. You tell me. Right. And, and the thing is, we can believe things about what the goals should be. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but, but, but I mean, do we really know? Does any of us really know? Right. Like right. I, I was raised a certain way. Uh, I was raised a certain way. My dad had attitudes about how it was that he should raise me. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, I look back on things that he, things that he did, or things that he didn't do, or disagreements he had with my mother before she died uh, about what the what the right and wrong thing is. And I look at it in my relationship with my with my wife and our raising our kids and disagreements that we have. And sort of it always it always comes back to well, this is the reason that I've chosen this approach is because I believe that it will yield this outcome. Mm. Right. Like that's, I, I just believe that. And the problem is there's, there's no way to check that. Right. There's no, like, we're all just guessing everything that we do. We're just guessing because we've never figured out how to like run the regression on all of the various things that a child can experience to make right. them who they are. Right. Like we, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know what the variables are. There's an, there, you know, there's an infinite, infinite amount of variables and they're all, uh, multicollinear and it's, and we have no idea how they affect each other and what the, you know, so once you do, you make a choice for one kid and it, it's catastrophic for that kid in their life for the rest of their life, or you make the exact same, what you're, what you perceive to be the same choice uh, apply the same approach or the same method. And then that kid takes it and runs and now they're a superstar and super happy and etc. So like, we, right. we just can't know. And so yeah. like, we can agree on what we think the outcome should be, 
but we're all just guessing when it comes to approach, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's so it's so serendipitous that we're talking about this. Um, I so I, I think I shared with you um, I shared with you a conversation we were talking about that someone had on Facebook, um, a close friend who's not related to fencing or anything, um, but they were talking about parenting and how you can't have you can never become a master of being a parent, right? right? And uh, and then that led me to where I was, you know, chatting with a few people about it. But like, um, being a parent is like, being a parent is like playing a video game for the first time, mm. right? So like, yeah. so like, what is what happens when you when you play a video game for the first time? Well, first you die, right? Like you you get a game over. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. And, yeah, Mario you know, is like down in the lava every time. That's it, right? <laughs> and then you have to keep doing that over and over and over again until you kind of say, ah, okay, got it, right? Like, okay, right. I need to do this. And then you die from something else, right? You like you get past the lava and then some like shell dude that, you know, you should, <laughs> you know. And so, but the problem with being a parent is that you can't just start a new game. Right, right. Not only can you not start over, uh, uh, but like, yeah, that failure lingers or that misstep. I don't want to say failure, that misstep. Yeah. And the consequences of it precipitate into every future interaction until it's resolved. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so thinking about like, what is, and so the domain of, of parenthood. Right. So, so first you have to establish like what you believe you want for your kid. And like some of us, some of us want them to be happy and right. survive. Right? That's what, that's what some of us want. <laughs> Others feel like they're not doing a, they're not being a successful parent if they don't breed a certain perspective into their child or they don't, uh, or they don't cultivate uh, excellence. Yeah. Right. And the, yeah. in their mind, right. Whatever excellence amounts to for them. Right? right. And so because they all have different goals, all parents have different ideas about what their job is and their, and their role is to coach them. Right. So their role is to figure out the domain of growth. Right. And right. to find out where the skills are and how to cultivate them right? How to yeah. bring those skills up and then mm -hmm. how to take it through that cycle and pick different skills and bring every, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But there's yeah. no coaches for being a parent. Uh -uh. There's no one well, to say, go ahead. Well, there are. Yeah. But that's, we could get into that. But what I was going to say that's more fun is, is, a fun and silly example. Um, so I was born in 77. So my parents didn't know what I was going to be until I was out. Right. So I was brought home from the hospital in a baseball uniform because the belief that I was going to be a little boy who was going to become little league, who was going to become a major league pitcher was that strong within yeah. my parents. Right. 
that's freaking hilarious. Yeah. But there it is, right? And so that's that's a nothingness, silly family lore legend. I don't even know if it's actually real, to be honest, but like yeah. that's kind of the story. And and it's something to laugh about, but like you could use that as as a as a little uh cautionary tale about bigger, more meaningful shit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right. so without knowledge of me or who I was, goals were set for me. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 sort of and what's and you know at the same time we as as parents we kind of have to like we're 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 we have to make decisions about what it is that we're you know yes and so like i i don't and i'm sure you don't and i'm sure they got over it anyway but i'm saying i don't begrudge anybody for having some set of goals and then maturing and then realizing like <laughs> oh wow you know and hopefully they they matured in a way that they were able to get in front of whatever, if any damage they were causing, right? Like, <laughs> I'm sure you're in your pithy example. I'm sure they're like, oh, <laughs> got it, <laughs> right? Like right. lesson learned. Well, yeah, the, the story completes with, I guess she'll be the first female one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, right? And that's, that's the way it goes. Um, yeah, no, but you're absolutely right. You do have to have goals. So right? It's just like fucking walking into a fencing exchange. You have to like have a plan mm -hmm. and you have to be ready to completely abandon that plan. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. That actually, that now that makes me think of exchanges that I've had where like, you know, you're, you, you feel like you're, you, I'm, I am the master of my domain, right? Like I know what I'm doing in this experience and I'm about to enter into this exchange and I'm going to feel the waters and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to run through my whole process of what I do with fencing new opponents. And then you get surprised with something, right? Right. And you're, and you're like, oh, whoa, my God, I reestablished everything. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> my, my thing didn't work at all, right? Like right. <laughs> I have to, now I have to take a step back and I have to like, now I'm super guarded, right? And and it's harder to, to figure stuff out. So I wanna talk about being a coach. So now, so we, so like as a, the role of a coach is mm. to have a plan with regards to the set of competencies and deficiencies that a person, that they're, they're coached, um, student has right yes and to be able to artfully guide them through a process of developing those skills um developing their their abilities or their knowledge right yeah and also developing their art right and yes. the, and i we haven't talked about art i don't on the podcast i don't think uh, I mean, we've talked a little bit about, we've talked a little bit about like what our art is and, and stuff like that. But like, but I have spent a lot of time with art uh, for a while now. Um, and I'm not going to like go into all of my thoughts on art, but I just will we'll leave it. To, well, it, suffice to say, art for me is the application of 
of the skills, ability, knowledge that we have in a particular domain, right? The application of those things in a creative way that solves complex problems that um, that were that were challenged with. There's no like standard operating procedure for, right? So like, right. there's no there's no like if then statement about art, right? That art is rather sort of the culmination of all of the work you've developed in your practice and applying that in a creative and imaginary, uh, imaginative, imaginary, imaginative way and imaginary way, right? Because it's all bullshit. Oh, yes. It's all fake. We're making it all up. Right? <laughs> but, but right. So like, so now, like, we have to, as coaches, we have to artfully develop yeah. our students' skills. And that's going to be dependent on the student, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're at in their journey yep. and where their deficiencies are and where their competencies are. And, yep. and, and, to and what know, their goals are. And what their goals are, right? And to know or at least to believe that their time would be best spent bringing up this aspect of their practice. Yes. Right. Yes. And right. we can do that and, poorly. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, we can absolutely do that poorly. Um, and, uh, oh shit, now it's my turn to kind of lose it for a second. <laughs> but so, so, okay. And there is, the application here of of your artfulness towards this person as a living, breathing, thinking being, right? With their own agency. So this means to be an effective coach, you have to have a hard and a soft game and you have to know how to apply that oh. onto your, your, you know, student athlete, what, you know, whatever moniker is the right one for who you're working with. Um, mm -hmm. Because some people need a hard push and some people need a gentle offer of an invitation of a moment. And mm -hmm. if you offer the wrong person, the wrong thing, they are not going to learn. You will rip right. them right out of whatever safety they had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. because yeah, cause if you, yeah, I mean, I could get into specific, I could go a long time on this topic. Well, well I, I don't have anywhere to be. Go for it. <laughs> Let's hear, here, uh, bring develop it a little bit more. Okay. So, because if you are a potential that might happen is if someone is, is just of a mindset that they need kind of that hard pushing drive. Like think of your 1950s dad in the corner of the baseball field, like that guy, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So some people thrive under that kind of environment. That's what they need to get just a little bit of their adrenaline up. And then that helps them find their place of play to get stuff done. Yeah. So if you offer that, I even said offer already you know, my tendencies. So if you offer them an offering, an invitation, a, a gentle, why would, 
maybe you could try, right? With some softening language. Hmm. That will diminish their trust in you as an authority. Hmm. Because those people, part of the reason why they thrive under that condition is because that authority gives them the sense, the perceived authority of their coach gives them a sense of safety. And that sense mm -hmm. of safety is what they need for their learning. Yeah. 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 So uh, this gets back to be, uh, being able to confidently predict the outcomes of our behavior. Right. So yeah. like, so that guy or gal, right, is telling me I should do this. And when they tell me and I do my best to do what they say, I find success. Yep. Right. And so they've learned. Right. Um, but then but then the question is, ooh. so this this makes me think about um, reading sheet music. So uh, as a musician, okay. right, um, uh, with their, uh, the the type of the type of music that I play and perform is music that's primarily learned by ear. Right. So uh, it's primarily learned in a social context where people are playing the music and you join in with them and, and you and that's how you get better. Right. Right. And and other people um, who don't have who don't share my background, but who are exceedingly competent musicians that are working musicians, ex uh, talented and and professional. Right. People that make a living doing this. Right. Um, they, some of these people can't learn by ear at all, right? And they learn, uh, they learn sheet music. They basically yeah. learn to read music and they can read it fluently the way that you and I would read a book, right? Um, but, and, and, and it sounds brilliant when they play it and you, and you'd be impossible to, to perceive the difference, right? The, just that's the way their brain has been developed. But it, mm -hmm. it's I find I always find it interesting that often those people, uh, when they read sheet music, they're unable at the end of it. So one of the things that I've gotten from learning by, learning my music by ear is that once I once I absorb a uh, a line of music, right, it becomes a part of my being. Right. So and I can I can't get rid of that line of music. I can I can forget it momentarily, but if I hear it again, I'm immediately with it again. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's for that's right, everything that I play. Right. Yes. Um I people play sheet music and they can't remember what they played after they're done. They don't even have yeah. a sense of what it sounds like, right? So the, what what it's bringing me to is that the, the question that I have about that sort of authoritarian sort of per, the, the perspective of if I follow the guidance of this coach, right? If I'm on the wrestling mat and my, and my coach says double leg and I double leg and I score my double leg, right? Yeah. Well, what will that teach me? Will that teach me art? Will that teach me mm -hmm. the moment? that I'm supposed to shoot the the double leg and the ability to to respond in as to that moment given the given what I'm sensing from my partner or will that teach me to have fuel in for what my coach is saying right will that teach me yeah. to develop the skills of 
being able to embody the his perspective in that moment right so i think the answer is it depends yeah because there are i think some people for whom the safety given to them by recognizing my coach will yell double leg and I'll do it. Let's them get quiet and listen and feel. Yes. And so they actually do learn the fueling. Pa not passively, but almost passively, almost sure. passively. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I okay. think so. Or indirectly. So Indirectly, there you go. Indirectly learn it. It isn't that they are feeling for the moment they're gonna shoot the double leg. It's that, oh, this happened, my cue, it doesn't matter that the cue came from the outside. Yeah. Yeah, this happened, I got the cue, I did the thing. Right. Success, right? And this is, oh, okay. So when I'm working with horses, hmm. theoretically, Right. Because again, I'm so I'm so new. All right. So everybody and just to like, be clear. Well, just to be clear, when you say that you're new, we're talking a couple of years now, like over two years, uh, reg very regular riding and horsemanship lessons, including multiple seminars. Right. Uh, yes. Right. So and you're new and you're like loudly proclaiming from the rooftops how new <laughs> you are. <laughs> right I, yes. Yes, I am very new, um, two to three times a week for two years, and I know nothing. <laughs> okay, so having established that fact, um, that's a whole different question we could always talk about. But uh, having established that fact, because I am seeking to have a horse that understands and chooses to do what I ask it to do. Yes, I could grab their bridle and like just haul on them and, and I could physically force the horse to do what I want it to do mm -hmm. through pain or, or another way, right? But I don't want that. Um, so I want the horse to recognize and make its own decisions. So that means I have to offer my ask over and over and over and watch them guess and fail and guess and fail and guess and fail and I have to ride out how uncomfortable it is for both of us that it's just mm -hmm. failure happening everywhere until they do the right thing. And then the moment they do the right thing, I have to release and give them that release so that they go, oh, when she does this and I do that, I get my, my reward. That's what I need, right? Okay, so for our double leg guy, yeah, or gal, our double leg human, they're going to get that release of success in that moment that was the right moment they were feeling potentially um, because they did it at the time their coach guided them to. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some, I think, to your point, I agree, there are some people who would attach onto the coach so hard that they would block out what's happening in order to attach to the coach. Hmm. And now that person would not learn the feeling. Yeah. And so in that, I think you're right. And so this is the art, right? Of knowing what. Exactly. Exactly. So there's two arts right now, right? We have yes. the art of, we have the art of 
whatever it is that the coach is trying to instill, right? So there, so not only are we developing skills and abilities, the person has to be able to do the double leg, right? So he has yeah. to have the physical, the physical competency to do the double leg in the correct, with all of the subordinate components of the double leg in the correct sequence, et cetera, right? Then beyond that, he also needs to be able to do the, and so just to be clear why I'm, I'm using very gender specific pronouns here because I'm thinking of my son, right? Like my son just finished. His <laughs> I know. Season, so. I know. <laughs> so, but anyway, so, um, so not only do they need to know how to physically do the double leg, but they have to be able to do it in time. So, and in, in time, we're speaking internal timing. So they need to get all of the subordinate components of the double leg in the correct sequence, but then also with the correct proportions as they relate to each other. Right. Yes. And then, they need to be able to develop that in a broader context, right? So they need to be able to do a thing, see a moment, do the double leg and finish with the thing, right? Yeah. Either either the failure of having done it in the wrong time, right? Or in the wrong sequence or whatever, right? Or to continue their success with the double leg by moving to a top position, uh, you know, in yes. mat wrestling or whatever, right? So they, so on all of these things need to be brought up and then and then after we've just now we just got a basic the 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 skill developed to a basic a very basic competency right yep. now we have to throw in external timing right yep. now we have to put the power where it truly lies right which is in the hands of the other wrestler right yes. because you don't get to choose what uh when the double leg is appropriate Right. You never yep. get to choose. And that's true in wrestling. It's true in fencing. It's true in your conversations. It's true in, in all of life. Right. That we where we can only ever respond and strengthen our position to be able to respond better. Right. Like that's that's all we can ever do. Right. Yeah. And so now we have this external timing. Right. The, the, the opponent is giving us a moment and we have to capture that. Right. Yeah. And then. And then once we've once we've established the ability to do that, then we can start increasing intensity so that we can do it in its meaningful context. Right. So that we can do it in the type of environment that we're training for. Right. Yes. And then once we're done, once we're done with that. Well, then we can go back and look at the wrestling match and see where the other deficiencies are. Yeah. Right. And so that so that process. Right. Is is the art in this particular case, it's the art of the double leg. Right. But then, and so, and so not, you know, they're more than double legs in wrestling. Right? So as a, <laughs> right. as a coach, as a coach, we need to know what all those other things are and be able to develop each of those other things. Right? Yes. And then finally we need, so that's the art. And then we'll call that the art of wrestling. And that's one art. Yes. But then there's the other art. Right, which is the art of coaching. Yeah. And so we have to teach, we have to, and we have to develop each of the coaching skills that it requires. So, for for instance, picking the right deficiency to work on is its own skill. And we have to run that skill through that cycle. Yeah. Right. And we have to experience failure and we have to go step by step. And one of the probably the greatest problem that I've seen in my own teaching or in, 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 in really any educational environment that I've been in is that we skip steps so readily, right? We do, here's a skill. Here's, here's the basic sequence of subordinate components. 
You got it? Okay. Maximum intensity. Let's see how you did. <laughs> oh, you failed. <laughs> right? <laughs> you failed. Well, let's go back it's, and do it again. <laughs> it's so fucking true. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Hey, I learned this thing this week. I'm going to go to a tournament and try it. And try it, it right? It didn't and fucking then, work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm testing, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and so, and that, and that could be, and the thing is that could be in the fencing, but it could also be in the coaching, right? You Like we just say, well, I tried teaching it to him. He just won't learn. Right? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. He just won't learn. You know, he's probably just not even capable of it. Right. Right. You know, right. Or. But, I, I mean. There are so I was thinking about this and I think it applies here if I can find a way to to make a coherent thought, but <laughs> which is a challenge. Uh, but there there's 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 layered relationships here. Right? So there's there's the the <laughs> we'll stay with double leg person. Right? There's a relation that double leg has with their opponent on the mat and the relationship they have with their coach. And the coach actually doesn't have a relationship with the opponent, except for they do because they have a relationship not only with double leg, but with the match itself. Does that make sense? I'm mm. trying here. No, I think so. I'm trying here. Keep right? going. <laughs> okay. So, so. The coach, here's what I'm going to say. I, I think, I think that, that, that line of thought needs more developing next time, some other time I'll talk about okay. that. But okay. th I think, I think what, what really stands out to me is how much baggage we all bring into our art yes. and how much we are, no matter what art you study, we are admonished to like, let that shit go. Like, it's just gonna get mm -hmm. in your way. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, Lieschenauer, right? In the verse says multiple times, think no more than hard or soft. Not exactly mm -hmm. think, but right? Mm -hmm. Test the bind, right? Test your opponent's attentions. No more than hard or soft. No more than hard mm -hmm. or soft. Dude, you told us that there were five strikes and 12 techniques and Mm -hmm. All this other shit that isn't even included in there. And I know like 75 techniques. Hmm. Why are you telling me just hard or soft? Why am I not thinking about the 75? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I actually love that you brought that up because now we've reached a third art. Right. Yes. And that is, and that is designing, right. A framework for someone to use. Right. So we have yes. the development of intellectual skills as well as the development of physical competencies. And we also and and you know and we have the development of fuel in, right? So sensitivity and being present in the moment. But then also the development of being able to abstract out a system consciously that you can reliably use to predict the types of encounters that you'll see in these contexts whatever we're training for 
right? Yes. And then there's the artfulness of the development of that system. So whether or not you've done like a good job coming up with a good system that's elegant and coherent and fairly comprehensive and does all the things that we needed to do, but also is small enough for us to, to negotiate in, in a functional way, right? Like yeah. something that's not so deep and so, you know, so elegant in the truest sense, right? Like something that um, is just exactly enough to give us the tools to manage, you know, in, a, in an fencing exchange, right? We're talking about like people that are hitting with the force of a thousand suns at the speed of light, right? Right. And right. so like we need to have a, we need to have a system, a framework that is artfully designed in such a way that actually solves those problems for us. Right. Right. So is there, I think I know your answer, but I, it, the question is lingering. Is there a hierarchy of those arts? I.e. is double leg shitty at doing his art because he does not know how to create an art of a pedagogy of a system. Mm -hmm. Right. And well, I mean, I, so you think, you know, my answer, I'm curious because I don't know that I know my answer. Well, I would be shocked if you agreed there was a hierarchy. I would be shocked. Seems, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, so good. Yeah. Right. So we're definitely still, still on the same page. Right. Um, I have, <laughs> I have no idea, right? Because, and here's here's my here's my truest answer, is that I believe in my own practice that my ultimate goal is is kind of transcendence, right? That's now whether or not that's attainable, or whether or not that's you know like metaphysically attainable, or or whether or not it's just a way of framing my experience and way of like framing my journey. Yeah. Right. Um, which whether or not that's useful is its own question, mm -hmm. but, but I'm okay with, at least for the moment, the idea that my goal is to transcend the, the pedagogy. It's to transcend the, the framework just to just be able to, really be present right so in 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 that sense like in the in the broadest sense possible right that i just that it's not even a question of what the appropriate thing to do is or at least not appropriate way to to map out the journey right it's just you just do the thing that's required of you in the moment right mm -hmm. And so it it's all dependent on all of the various aspects of what you're encountering. So, um, so I, my my ultimate goal would be to see a, a new student and know mm -hmm. exactly and know exactly what they need. Yeah. Right. Uh, to be able to see my own practice and know exactly what I what I need, and that's sort of like that's sort of the art of. <laughs> Of life. <laughs> right? Of life. Yeah. Right. I mean, I I think I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, um but so there is And I would some... just I would just 
I, let me, so yep. just to finish the thought, right? I would, I would, I would be cautious of anybody who says this is what it is, or I would be cautious of any idea, uh, any, any sort of like, con um, uh, firm, firmly held belief that this approach, that this particular approach is the correct approach for all cases, all contexts. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that mm -hmm. is fundamentally misunderstanding what art is. Mm -hmm. Right. That's science. That's not what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. The nature of art is that it's dependent on the circumstances. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm sorry, I didn't go ahead, please. Finish. No, that's great. I mean, I think, <clears throat> yeah, I think artist life is what I'm hearing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> in that way, I agree. I got, I got, I got momentarily sidetracked because as you were speaking, I was connecting so strongly with it. And you, and you were saying your, your thought about science and, and what like popped into my mind is, um, I don't know, I don't know if you or, or anyone listening is familiar, but there are always these medieval depictions, right. Of, of Jesus as, uh, as an architect, right. Like that is, that is one of the one of the common depictions and and so he's holding a compass right and scribing the world yeah mm. um and it's it's this idea of coming back to uh geometry as the basis of of everything and too much too much for us to get into when we're wrapping up here in a couple of minutes but that is geometry in in that sense of, of scribing a circle does have that sameness and predictability you're talking about when you say science yeah like um the uh, circumference of a circle is always going to be two pi r like that's always the answer mm -hmm. right there is a formula that gets us there mm -hmm. um and, but art is about proportion mm. and therefore does not, is not formulaic, uh -huh. right? So art is, art is music, right? And it's basic uh -huh. sense, right? And, and that would be, that would be a very medieval thought about it, right? That there, you but you have to start with geometry. Okay, and why? Because you said that double leg has to go through this skill progression set. Like they have to, what is a double leg? Where do your hands go above or below the knee? Do I shoot in on my knees or not? Do I drive my forehead or my shoulder into them? Do I drive into their hip or their stomach, right? Those are all kinds of questions that can be given a solid, this is the right way. This is the most efficient way. This is, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there may be some variability on type of opponent or whatever, but like largely there's going to be a best way. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a best answer for these questions. Yeah. So this is interesting to me, which actually gets us to kind of what a system is or what we can start to think, how we can start to think of what systems are, because, you know, we'll remind the audience that uh, that was how this all started, right? Um, <laughs> several years ago, right? Was the question of what is a system and, and how, how might we explore it? So we've already given ourselves a discrete object, a double leg, right? That's yeah. what this is, a double leg. So, and then we've, and then we've broken it down into subordinate components and then we've created a context for it and we've developed that skill and then we moved on. So now we have a double leg. Good job. Well, so remember that a double leg is only as real as we made it in our minds, right? We've grouped these pieces of the puzzle together and called it a double leg. But that is exceedingly artificial, right? We could have grouped changing levels as one, as you know, we could have framed the double leg as two different actions, right? We could say, this is the changing levels part. And then we respond to your changing levels with, you know, this set of actions. You know, we could have broken, we could have divided things up differently. Right? We've put yes. it in a discrete, we've given it a discreteness so that we can have a basic unit for us to understand. And yeah. this gets me to my sense of tran uh, of tran transcension or transcendence, right? Yeah. So it's like, what I'd like to do is I'd like to not think in terms of these discrete ideas, right? Because all of the, all of your questions that you asked about the double egg, they're only there when you have a discrete double leg that you have to define and parameterize, right? But it's not always true that one of those things is the correct thing, right? Whether you drop your hands to the knees or the hip or your shoulder and head, all, the, all, all those aspects of what we're calling a double leg can be done a multitude of different ways. And, and you can find success in any, in any one of them, depending on the particularity of the conditions that led to the that led to that being the correct choice in that moment, right? And so, and so really what the discrete object is getting us towards is a deeper understanding of all of those features of the environment, right? Knowledge of what happens when you put your head here. Knowledge of what happens when you put your hands here. And the more you do it, the more you experience it, or the more one experiences it, um, the, the, the more confident that I am, that I understand all of these things at a level that transcends the discreteness of the double leg. Right. And now, and so, and then, and this is why when you ask elite wrestlers, how do you do a double leg? They'll say, I mean, they have to say something because double leg is, is what we use. It's a tool that we use in the development of the skill progressions of wrestling. Right. But they'll always say, ah, oh, you do it, you know, different people do it different ways or, or whatever, or like they're sort of, they feel, they feel like this is, it's kind of an artificial uh, uh, boundary that, or, or artificial parameters. Right. They just know so much more than that. You know what I mean? They have to dumb down what they understand so that they can package it in a way that's communicable. Right. Yes. But but the truth is when they're wrestling they don't they don't think on that level at all 
Mm-hmm. Right? They know everything about every. They know where your toe is pointed. You know, and like, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm seeking, right? Um, in my in my own practice is like, is like using these discrete things so that it gets me to a place where, you know, like, well, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to um, shield how against plow, right? Um, you know, so what does that mean, X, Y, and Z? And you can break it down or whatever. But like, eventually, it's like when I'm fencing, I'm not, I'm, I'm absorbing so much more than all of that or at least that's what i'm attempting to do right and so someone someone said to me the other day well, what do i do in this case and i'm like well where is their where is their lead toe pointed right what is what's their lead foot i attack the outside of the hip that's what i do i attack the outside of the hip because one of the fundamental insights of fencing that i've learned through my experience and that i believe is contained within the pedagogy of leash hour right is that you you always want your hips square on your opponent or at least not square but you want them contained within the angle of your hips right you want your opponent contained within the angle of your hips because it's a long sword and so if they're not contained within the angle of their hips they have no structure in their in their offensive action right or in their defensive action for that matter right and so if you attack the angle of their hips that will force them to reorient their their structure which will give you a moment in which to work, right? And that's that's sort of a, an insight that I've just sort of... Now, does it is it explicit within the sources that I should do this? Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm not aware of any particular line that can be interpreted directly as you want to keep your opponent inside the angle of your hips and you want to stay outside the angle of theirs. Right? I've never read that. Uh, but I do believe that it was through the study of the pedagogy of Lichtenauer that I absorbed that what I believe to be a fundamental insight of fencing with a long sword. Right. right? Um, and so, and so, and so the question that we will wrap up with, and that I think maybe lead to um, a topic of our next discussion is, are there elements of a system? Are there ways that we can construct a system to have these sort of discrete basic units of understanding, right? The basic elements of understanding that will most effectively effectively guide us towards getting past it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, that's a solid question. Um, yeah, that's and then and then sure. one and then finally, how well does the the text the texts that we study achieve that goal? Yeah, right. Which is uh, uh, oh, see, there's too much there, right? Because we have a relationship with the texts. The texts mm. are not a discrete thing. They they don't exist in the world. We create them. Mm-hmm. So it is in our creation that we have to be most careful. Yeah. Yeah. But that's next week. Faux show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was so good to see you. It's so good to see you. My heart exploded on that whole last bit. And that's why I just sat here grinning like a fucking fool because it was fucking fire, man. All right. So thank you so much for talking. Yeah. And uh, okay. Yeah. Great. Well, so goodbye all.
Goodbye, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. <laughs>